the great commandment of the great commission is go make converts. Disciples, go make disciples. Somebody say disciples. I'm not playing a word game with you. I'm telling you, Jesus said, I'm going to give you a, a, a commission. I'm going to give you the great commission. The church is supposed to make disciples. It's not enough to bring someone to the cross. That's wonderful. That's great. There's a, there's a party in heaven when somebody comes to the cross. But it's not enough to leave them there because the sea thief comes, the, the flesh comes, the world comes, and they're not able to live the abundant life, the Christ power life, the discipleship life. They're not able to be the head and not the tail if you just bring them to the cross and don't disciple them. We need to be disciples. Now, on a, on a regular term, disciple is an apprentice. Anybody in the union here, union workers here, you got to become an apprentice, and then you go to the process, and then become a journeyman. But then you're an you're, you're apprentice first, you just begin. Um, that's a learner or a pupil or follower. Jesus, now, the Pharisees had disciples. Now, the, unfortunately, the Pharisees still have many disciples. It's true. Uh, Moses uh, had disciples, and John had disciples. But there was a dispute between John's disciples, they fasted, and they And so, now, I, now, check it out. I have disciples. I want, I want to make because it's a, I have this. I have men that I'm discipling, but then I'm not discipling them unto myself. I'm discipling them unto Jesus. All right? Um, we need to be disciples of Jesus. Not the Pharisees, not Moses, not Pastor Edward, not Pastor, not Recovery of Worship, not Baptist, not Pentecost. We need to be followers that are committed and devoted. Somebody say devoted to Jesus Christ. All right? If you're devoted to a church, a denomination, a pastor, your divorce will be short-lived. That person, that denomination, that, that, that building, that church has a lot of problems. Jesus, he's the solution of all the problems, right? So, so I wanted to, so that's Christians now, to, 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 to explain some things to you, a Christian would be someone who's not fully devoted in these words. Because everybody says they're Christian now. You ever talk to Jehovah's Witnesses? They say we're Christians. You ever talk to Mormons? They're Christians. I know Buddhists who call themselves Christians. Not in this church. In other places, all right? Don't forget, if you feel like I'm talking about you, look forward and smile, so nobody thinks that you So, but, but I think there's Buddhist Christian, there's atheist Christian, there's, you know, so we want to talk about discipleship, and I want to get into it. Discipleship. We want to make disciples here. We want you to become a disciple. We want you to grow in the maturity and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and be committed to Jesus Christ. We want you to be committed to the person, the person of Jesus Christ. We want you to know the word of God. We want you to live it out. Jesus' discipleship, he flipped the script. He, he made discipleship. He took it to another level. Doesn't Jesus do that? He takes it up to another level. Amen. Right? Jesus took discipleship to the Look at what he said, right? Check out some of the things he said about discipleship. All right? It's, it's crazy. He said this. I'll give you the scripture. You don't got to put it on the screen if you don't got it. Luke 14, 26. This is what Jesus said about this. If anyone comes to me, Luke 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That's crazy. My man is a gangster. <laughs> if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father his, and his mother, his wife and children, his, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. There are conditions to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Anybody who's called himself Christian. But Luke 14, 26, that don't call yourself a disciple. You cannot be Jesus' disciple if you don't hate your mother, your father, your brother. Yes, if you don't like. 
Now, let's, I ain't got too much time. But of course, Jesus don't want you to hate your mother and your father, right? Can we all agree? Say amen. amen. What, what the commandment says what? Honor your parents, right? Honor them. So he don't want you to hate. But let me tell you what it needs to look like. My love for Jesus, because he died on the cross, because he shed his blood at Calvary, because he picked me up out of my mind. You know where I was at? You know where I was at? I gotta tell you guys. I was in a pit because he died for he blood washed me. Because he made a way, he molded me, he shaped me, because he hid this word in my heart. Because I'm his people, he's my God. Like, I need to love him more than I love the gift that he gave me in my wife. Amen. I got he gave me the gift. Too many people love the gift more than love the gift giver. Amen. So he gave me the gift of my wife. I love my wife. I gotta love him more because he gave me that gift. Amen. I got beautiful children. I got Raymond, Ryan, Bianca, I need this, you know, I got I got a beautiful family. Who gave me those children? Jesus, God, who shall love more? Jesus. And I know it sounds academic, but many people put their marriage and their families and their children and their husband before God. And we need to put God first. This is a preach a sermon, putting God first. We need to love Jesus more than we love anyone else. Simple. Love Jesus. If you want to curse your children, put them before God. You want to curse your children. You want to curse your marriage. You want to curse your brothers and put them before, put them where God belongs. So, so, real simple says you cannot be my disciple. Now, you can be a Christian, you can be a member of the church, but you can't be Jesus' disciple. I know what to, I want to be Jesus' disciple. Amen. Unless you put him nobody in love. Amen. Nobody. Let me give you another one. For Luke 14, 33. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. So he, what is he saying there? Listen, he wants you to put him first to be divorced to him above all things. We need people that, listen, and, and it's not like you can do it in your own power. It's not that you're, like, you're going to hear a sermon and say, no, but here's what you do. If you can agree that this is God's word, and you can agree that you would like to be like this, that, that you want to be somebody who loves God more than everything, that puts God before everything. If you say yes to the word of God, and you're not a spirit of God to move in you and be speaking to you, because you're here, but he might not be speaking to you. Might not be here, but you're here. That's a whole different sermon. But if you hear the word of God and He say, "Put me first. Put me before your family. Put me relation. Put me before your things. Put me first. Put me first. Put me first." Listen, if you're able to say yes, that you, you haven't done nothing. You're in church. You're looking at me. You're looking for Jesus, but you follow me, right? You're here, and, and, and you say yes to Jesus in your spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to do something. In you. you don't gotta. You just say yes. You say yes. I want to put you. Listen. You can even say it's hard. I struggle with that. I haven't done that before. I, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. I'm looking for things. I'm looking. I, I, my, my, my affections have been misleading. You can say I've struggled. But when you're honest with God and say, God, I want to put you first. I want to love you more. I want to put you before what I got. I want, I, I, in my spirit, in my heart, my heart says yes. If you say yes to God right now, your whole life will change. If you say that, you got an opportunity to say yes. I, I'll put you first. I'll put you first. And you know what the Bible says? Who won't give up whatever they got and get much, much more? Right? A powerful missionary said, man, you gotta be crazy to let go of something that you for something to let go of what you cannot keep for something that you'll never lose forever. Right? So so he says, you gotta love me more than everybody, and you gotta give up everything you got. And of course, God wants to be a bomb and not to work. God wants you to put him first. Alright? I'll give you a, a, one more. And then he says this, Mark 8.35. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me 
for the gospel will save you. Did you hear that? So he said, listen, I'm asking you to do something radical. Because this the Jesus discipleship is radical. It's, it's not practical. It doesn't make sense. It, it's too much. I can't do this. I, I didn't come here for that. I just wanted God to bless me or heal me or what. I, I didn't want all this. But he says, if you give him what you got, he'll, he'll bless your sorrow. You'll save your life. You'll get much more than you ever imagined. Are you, are you hearing me this morning? Yes. So he's saying, listen, I want you to be my disciple. He's looking for disciples. Here's the thing about Jesus, right? When it comes to discipleship, he wants heaven to be full, right? When it comes to salvation, and whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He wants everybody to be saved. When it comes to discipleship, he's only looking for the commitment. You see what I'm saying to you? Yes. To be Jesus' disciple, he... We, you remember when he's hanging out with the crowd? He's hanging out with the crowd. He, he's about a lot of crowd people. And he says stuff like this. He says, you know, unless you drink of my blood and eat of my flesh. He's like, yo, this guy's bugging. <laughs> like, you know, what's going on with Jesus? He's like, he's, he's, this is too much. I don't eat you. Right? And so what he says is that, I don't want a crowd. I want community. I'm not looking for, you know, when it comes to discipleship, he wants quality. He wants committed people. He's looking for those who understand the price that was paid for their lives. You hear what I'm saying to you? Okay, so I don't know where you're at, but today you can choose to be his disciple. You can say, I make a commitment. I, I want to be that person. I want to put you first. I, I want to encourage you. You cannot do it in your own power. That's the good thing about God. Amen. That even the desire to put him first comes from him. And then he'll give you the power if you agree with him. Amen? Amen? Amen. So he wants to be disciples. Now, I, I want to share some things about characteristics. Because how do you know a disciple from a regular? How do you? How can you tell? There's so many people talk the same. So many people talk. They love God. You know, they know the, they know the words. But it's not what you say. It's what you do. It's, it's not what you sing. It's how, James said, don't deceive yourself, brothers, and just be hearers of God's word. But be doers of God's word. Be doing. I learned that in jail before Jesus. They said, don't say you're pregnant. Right? You're feeling froggy meat. Right? I don't know what. They said on the street, you know. So, so I came to church. I understood this. It's not what you say. It's not how good you sing. It's not what you know. It's what you do. It's what you live out. You see what I'm saying? So, so he wants disciples. Now, I want to share a couple of things about characteristics of disciples. Alright? Now, a characteristic, I wrote here, is a feature or quality. Belonging typically to a person, right? That's that's what, which which serves to identify. All right. You, there's some people get not here. There's some people that yeah, when you see them coming, you start praying. You start praying. So help God, help me, Jesus. There's some because there's some people that no matter what God has done in their lives. They don't even tell you about the problems. Yes. I, they're not here. They're not here. <laughs> but then other people, you see them and say, Brother, how you doing? I'm glad you're not. <laughs> the devil. The devil. The demons. The bills. Right? The, the, all they know is to talk about the problems. They haven't learned yet. Stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is. Is that them? <laughs> and you start praying.
in the spirit. Oh God, hallelujah. There's some people that they're humble, man. They're humble. They're not faking it. They're, they're truly humble. That they, they really, really understand that, that where they end and God begins. They understand that, that they need to be low so God can be risen, you know, made high. Yeah, they understand that people that are truly humble. There's people that are loud, right? I'm losing my hearing. I'm losing my, I'm losing my hearing. So I'm in a car. I'm like, how you doing? I'm praying for you. And my wife, my girl, be like, ah! <laughs> right? There's a guy that looks like me in this church. He got two hearing aids, right? I'm not saying his name without a liberty. But he looks like he got two hearing aids. He's fat. He's bald. You know. He's like, hey, brother John, how you doing? Glory to God. Jesus is alive. He's not. Right? He's not. Some people are quiet. Say, how you doing? Is God going good to you? See you. You want to testify? No, thank you. Right? Has God made a way? See they're just quiet. They're timid. There's character. You know what I'm saying? There's characteristics. There's generous people. There's people in this church, in this church, that give like crazy. They listen. They they they, they heard something about Mother Teresa. She said, "Give until it hurts," and they give until it hurts. Wow. There's some people. They give. They give. They give. They just give. They give. They give. You know, when we say, "Listen, we can't ask the church no more." We told you, "No, we need to." They give. They give to the cause of Christ. They give to, to reach the people. They give to Bibles and Brother. They give to bring the rehab for the Lord. They give, they give, they give, they give, they give, they give they, And they don't want to, don't, don't put their name on a piece of paper. Don't let nobody know. They give it unto God. They want the reward in heaven, not here on earth. They're givers. Alright? So those are characteristics. Uh, before the reason cuts me off, I got 15 more minutes, right? Before the positions come up, amen. I, I want to give you a couple of characteristics that are. That are Discipleship character, disciples, right? So the D, right? And, and something about character is very important, right? There's a difference between reputation and character, right? Your reputation is who, who people think you are. Your character is who God knows you are. Amen. Right? Your reputation, people are that guy. Many people, they, they think, you know, they say a lot of stuff. But character is very important, right? I want, I want to give you a couple of things. D.L. Moody said this, character is what you are when no one's looking. Amen. Yeah, that's when nobody's looking, that's, that's character, that's what he said. Alright? Abraham Lincoln said this, nearly all men can stand adversity. But if you want to test a man's character, give him power. <coughs> that's what he said. Some people, they, once you make the director of the choir, is a rat. <laughs> Some people, once you give him a position, you know, she says, alright. God is more concerned, check it out, this is very important, about your character than your comfort. I'm going to say, God is more concerned with your character than your comfort. Everybody wants to be comfortable, and God's trying to develop your character, right? His goal is not to pamper us physically, but to perfect us spiritually. I don't know if you got that. Some people right now, in other words, that when you're going through certain things and you don't like going through those things and you want to be, get out of it and you wish God would take you out of it, you, he's not, it's not happening to you, it's happening for you. He's molding you, he's shaping you, he's doing something in you, right? And you want to get comfortable, he's trying to develop your character. All right, I'll give you one more. I like this one. People's decisions are public displays of their true character. Right? So when people make certain decisions, you ever say to somebody, I'm like, I can't believe you did that. Man, why did they do that? What a, you know, 
So people's decisions, they show everybody what's really sad about what they do in the decision-making process. All right, so let me just, let me give you some of this and we're gonna go, all right? Okay, the D in discipleship is for discipline. All right, discipline. Discipline, I say discipline. <laughs> discipline happens to be a fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some version of discipline. Discipline is the fruit of the spirit. I think it's, it's crazy how so many Christians say that they're spirit-filled, but don't have discipline. I think, I think it's just crazy. It's, it's, another, it's another thing where so many Christians, they, they, the devil would love to make us believe we're someplace spiritually that we're not. Right? And, and people don't understand that if you're spirit-filled, your spiritual maturity will determine your emotional health. Your spiritual maturity, your spirit-filledness, how much spirit-filled you are, how much devoted you are to Jesus, how, how, I mean, I mean, for real, not just singing and dancing and doing the James Brown thing, right? I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm talking about your, your spirit, depending on how spirit-filled you are, we're talking your emotional and mental health. A lot of great people are anxiety disorder, depression, and, and everybody's bipolar now, this is crazy. Everybody, listen, if you're bipolar, welcome. Well, give me Jesus, all right? And if the Spirit of God fills you, your bipolar will leave you. Alright? I'm telling you, right? Alright? That's a psychiatric term for something that has a spiritual problem. They want to give you a chemical solution for a spiritual problem. If you want to get rid of your, the, the mental illness and the, the anxiety disorder and the bipolar and the manic depression and all that, you got to get spirit filled. Amen. You can't be spiritually mature and not be emotionally healthy. It's a lie. It's a myth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if you accept where you are and say, listen, God, I'm not where I think I should be. God, I'm not. So you, what I'm saying to you, if you got anger and rage and all, if you're dealing with these issues and they're driving you and leading you, they need to get more spiritually healthy. You hear what I'm saying to you? So real quick, discipline is the fruit of the spirit. When people say, oh, I got the Holy Ghost. I say, come on, bring it. I got the Holy Ghost too. You know, I'm ready. When they say I got the Holy Ghost and I'm filled with the Spirit, it has more to do than just emotionalism. To be Spirit-filled, you've got to have the fruits of the Spirit. You can't be Spirit-filled and not have love, goodness, justice. You've got to have these things. If you're Spirit-filled, if these are the fruits of the Spirit, if you're full of the Spirit, what should you have? The, the fruit of the Spirit. You've you got to be able to do So now we need more Christians. Now here's the thing. I'm not talking about self-control. I'm not talking about you doing it. I, I try to teach everybody. You cannot live the Christian life without Jesus. You can't do it in your own power. It's a trick of Satan to try to get you to think you can do what only Jesus. 